Hello and welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast, episode 227. We just put out an episode last week, but there is so much content to get through, I decided to put out another episode this week. So how about that? This week is kind of a little bit of a different episode compared to the last few, where it's really focused on a single interview. I attended virtual mid-camp a couple of weeks ago now, and I was really impressed uh, the way the organizers were so nimble and the way they shifted from an in-person event to a virtual event, and it appeared to be a really, really good success. So I invited one of the organizers, Avi Schwab, onto the podcast to talk about it. Um, and really kind of an ulterior motive uh, as a Drupal event organizer myself, I was super curious about how they pulled it off and what did their sponsors say and you know what did the, the, the attendees say and did they have technical issues and all of those types of questions. So this is really a podcast as much for me as it is for you. And if you are a Drupal event organizer or if you know one, I hope you get as much out of this as I did. In addition, uh, Chris Weber agreed to send me three additional change records for this episode, which we will hear at the end of the podcast. I have to say, I absolutely love what Chris is doing with the change notice. I love his delivery. I, uh, I, I, love, I love the content. I just, I don't know why, it just puts a smile on my face and I learn something with every single one. So definitely stick around and listen to Chris Weber, who is Cosmic Dreams on Drupal.org, and the chain notice. What I, did I just say it right? The change notice. Okay, I think I've rambled on long enough. Let's get to that interview with Avi. I'm here with Avi Schwab. Avi, how are you today? Hey, Mike. I'm doing as well as can be, uh, given the state of things. Thanks. How are you? Washing your hands and, uh, you know, bathing in Purell twice a day, something like that. Yes, yes. No, I've, I've had to have it over to... Uh, um, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the delivery from the local, uh, the local distillery, so I can get my uh, my hand sanitizer. Oh yeah, I, you know, there's a couple of little micro brews in um, in the little downtown area where I'm at. I should walk by there and see if they're doing that. I've been seeing on Twitter a lot of the breweries are are pivoting to making hand sanitizer. It's super interesting. <laughs> the only potential issue with that is if it retains some of the smell. And then, you know, if you get pulled over and, you know, <laughs> your car smells like... I mean, one, story. if you're out driving, you know, there's probably a problem. And two, like, you know, I like beer. I'm, I'm okay with that. So you are one of the mid-camp organizers. And I know that there are a, a bunch of organizers. And I there wanted to get one of you on the horn. That's uh, like a 50s word, I guess. It's probably... We're not really talking on horns here, but... <laughs> I want to get, okay. I want to talk to someone about the fact that you guys pivoted so quickly from an in-person camp to a virtual camp. And this was an event that was held last week. Correct. Um, and so I sent an email out to a few of the organizers that I know well, and I said, who is best to talk to me about this? And uh, your name came up and here we are. 
Cool. Yeah, thanks. It's a it's a great opportunity to uh, to be here and talk about it. It's it's been a crazy crazy couple weeks. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to approach this as you know. So I'm an event organizer as well. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of other Drupal event organizers, or forget about just Drupal, but open source event organizers who are going to be in a very similar position that you and the rest of the organizing team went through. So my goal here is to get a brain dump from you totally. and figure out, um, or maybe not figure out, but talk about things that you did that you feel went well, things that didn't go so well, things that you would do differently, and just kind of a pay it forward type thing to figure out, um, you know, what's what's going to be the new normal moving forward. And, you know, how, you know obviously we don't know how long, before things get back to quote unquote the old normal. Um, right. But it seems like from my perspective, the, the, the virtual mid camp went pretty well. Yeah. I mean, we have been um, really honored with, with a lot of great feedback and, and um, again, we've got like 18 organizers on the team right now and a number of volunteers and yeah, everybody really kind of dove into this Um head first and it was it was a huge effort but um yeah i mean i think i think one of the one of the easiest things for people to figure out now that we had a really hard time with is whether or not you know what to do with your event um because we when we were having these conversations um you know i i was kind of mapping out the timeline we started talking about this stuff like february 25th or so um so that was like three weeks out from our event. Um, and things in the US here were still very fluid and nobody really knew what was going on. Um, and so, you know, we genuinely didn't know whether or not we should cancel at that point. Um, or whether, whether or not, you know, whether we should cancel, whether we should go virtual, or, you know, we still had discussions about the possibility of, of keeping the event as it, as it was. Um, you know, and every day that went by, um, the the decision became more and more clear. But you know, three weeks out from our event, we didn't we didn't have any idea how this was all going to pan out. Um, how this being the state of the world. Let me take you back a little bit first. So this has been a um, I will classify it as a very successful in person Drupal event for how many years? Uh, this is our seventh year. Seventh year. Yes. Um, yep. And I'm going to guess that planning and, you know, re and, and not just kind of like setting the date type planning, but the actual, you know, check-ins and actual doing work planning is at least four or five months worth of work. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's more really, I mean, we, we generally start, um, conversations in like June, July, so we kind of take a couple months off for the summer, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nine month event and we start kind of slow and we, we start with sponsors and we start with kind of getting the word out, um, about, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get the dates, get the dates out there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's, it's, it, it feels like almost a year round, um, event at this point. So you're planning, so let's just use it. Let's use nine months then. So for uh, n nine months minus three weeks. So <laughs> you are full steam ahead with an in-person event. 
yeah, so everything was on. Um, we, you know, we had this big pitch this year uh, that we were going to be right after St. Patrick's Day. So I had this great tagline, come for the river dying, stay for the community. I was on podcasts, like we, we did a bunch of advertisements. Um, everything was, you know, everything was moving. And we were, we were, uh, this year felt like a really good planning year for us too. Um, we had a bunch of new folks come into the organizing team. We, we've kind of gotten on a roll with our venue, uh, DePaul, like we were, you know, our, our, our speakers were good, our we, ticket sales were coming in early, like things were rolling really well for a really great in-person event. So let's talk about some of the financial implications first. Sure. And I'm going to ask you some direct questions. And if you don't want, I mean, basically, like approximately what's the budget of the event? Sure. Yeah. Um, no, and, and I, you know, we're um, getting all the numbers out here in a in a digestible way is a little bit hard, but uh, we're an open source event. We try and be as 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 open with these things as possible. Um, so generally, Midcamp is a thirty thousand dollar event. Okay. So then, when you know, three weeks or four weeks ago, when discussion starts turning towards. Um, doing something, you know, postponing, canceling, going virtual, you know, as an organizer myself, I would think, okay, well, what does that mean for sponsorship money? So for me, that would be kind of one of the first things that I would want to, to figure out because, you know, you kind of have to go to your sponsors and say, look, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, so we, so luckily, I was um, I, uh, I was the one who was in charge of sponsorships this year. So um, I was pretty directly in touch with a, with a lot of our sponsors. Um, but the other the other big um, big thing that helped us make this this decision and and made it made it easier um, was that our venue um, the the contract with our venue was super flexible. And so um, we knew that if we got out of that, that we would be able to get out of the contract, the venue contract, which is the majority of our of our finances, our, of our uh, the, uh, our expenses for the year, we knew that we'd be able to get out of that um, with basically no loss. Um, so that made things that made things really easy um, uh, as far as the sponsor conversation. Because if we, you know, when we were thinking about taking this to a virtual event, um, you know, we were talking about changing from you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars of um, venue and food to zero. Um, like, there's no venue. We don't have to feed people. Those are the biggest things for us um, a, as far as expenses for our event. So, did you return sponsorship money? So we, um, I reached out uh, after we had made the decision to to pivot to virtual, uh, and I gave folks the option. Uh, you know, I, I wrote every sponsor an email. Um, I think I, I think I actually just BCC'd everybody because things were moving really fast at that point. Uh, but I wrote an email saying, "Here's the deal. Um, we're moving totally virtual." Um, we, you know, at, at that point we were in a pretty good financial situation. We we had brought in. Um, you know, $20,000 or so of sponsorships this year. Um, and I said, I said, look, um, times are really hard. Uh, this is a fluid situation. Nobody has any idea what's going on. 
um, tell me what you want to do. Uh, like we will give you any portion of your money back um, with no questions asked. Um, and I, I just put it out there. I said, you know, I, I, I realize this is, this is totally unprecedented and nobody could have planned for this. Um, we will work with you to whatever level um, you see fit. And so, and, and the response to that was really um, humbling. We, we, we got uh, a couple of folks who, uh, a couple of our core sponsors um, who, you know, were, were really upfront and we're just like, we're here to see people and get leads. And we, you know, if we can't do that, um, then, then we really can't do this event. And that was okay. We lost a couple sponsors um, who, who were really kind of straightforward with us and that's fine. Um, but in general, um, uh, the folks who, um, who've been around the community for a long time were super supportive and um, we shuffled things around. We kind of changed up um, what we were what we were able to offer to sponsors and, and how we gave them recognition. Um, and we ended up in a really good spot. Um, so we had four core sponsors stick with us out of seven that had signed on originally. Um, but then most of the lower level sponsors um, who were in for 600 bucks or um, 1500. So our, our levels were 1600 or sorry, $600, $1,500 and then $3,000 um, for the core. Um, the, the lower level sponsors were mostly like, you know, they, they were just okay with it. Um, I think they're, they're not in for as much and they, um, you know, they just kind of want to get their name on something. Um, and so we'd already had their names on this, the website. Um, they went on emails. They were going to, they were still going to be on slides in the opening and closing sessions. So, um, you know, I think we were able to give, um, those folks a good value and, and we, worked really hard with our core sponsors to make sure that they um, they were they got the recognition that they uh, that they needed. Um, so one of the one of the major expenses that we had um, with the virtual conference was we decided to um, to go all in on professional captioning. Um, and so this is something that a few folks, um, Andy Olson from Bounteous and Kimana Bots, who's at Nerdery now, um, they've been working on this live captioning initiative. Um, and we've, we've kind of always tried to bend towards accessibility things at MidCamp. Um, and so we, we've been talking about a number of different options for captioning the live event, um, combining um, Andy Kimana's live captioning pro program, um, with uh, an app called Thyssen, um, which was going to be an in-kind sponsor and uh, and help us. They do like crowdsourced captionings at live events. Um, so it seemed like a really cool product that I'm really bummed we didn't get to try out, but hopefully we'll we'll get that back in next year. Um, so we were going to have a number of different captioning options at the uh, at the live event, um, and when everything turned around uh, and we you know basically had no expenses. Uh, we were we we started thinking about the captioning again, and so um, Andy Andy Olson uh, took the lead up on that and uh, worked with ACS Captions. They're a professional captioning service, and got some quotes. And we ended up um, getting Clarity Partners and uh, and Pantheon in to kind of sponsor that initiative. So they we we had um, five human captioners who uh, who zoomed into every single session and we have full live transcripts of all of those sessions um, 
and then Bounteous, uh, one of our other core sponsors, um, kind of worked with Kevin, had already been working with Kevin on their, his recording initiative. So uh, between Clarity, Pantheon, and Bounteous, they kind of took um, the captioning and the um, recording initiatives. And so um, we're, we're now able to have fully recorded, fully captioned sessions um, for this virtual event. Uh, our, our other core sponsor, I, I, um, I should mention is Palantir.net. Uh, they sponsored our virtual game night, which we can talk about too. Um, and Palantir has been with us since the very beginning of of, uh, of Midcamp. It Midcamp was originally, I think, a, just mostly a Palantir event. Uh, I worked there for a little bit. Andrea, there were there were a number of, of other folks in the Chicagoland area who who were there. So um, it's been really great having them uh, as kind of long term supporters too. Before we talk about the virtual game night and some of the other technology, uh, I want to ask you about um, uh, refunds to register for registrations for people who registered for the camp. Uh, it's not a free camp. There is a registration fee. So how did you handle that? Yeah. Um, again, we, you know, we, we knew that we were, we were pivoting. Um, uh, we, we brought in about $10,000 in, in ticket revenue. Um, and uh, and and this was kind of one of the first things that that started triggering our our conversations, decisions. We had a number of people email um, to let us know that they weren't going to be able to attend and asking about refunds. And um, we generally try and be really flexible with people. Um, but again, as uh, as soon as we made the decision um, to go virtual, uh, we we just wanted to be as um, as upfront with people as possible. Um, we so we switched over to using Tito for our uh, registration this year. Um, their 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 platform, their service, their fees are lower. Um, everything everything about them has been amazing. Um, uh, coming over from Eventbrite, um, and so uh, we went to Tito and we said, um, "Can you do a bulk refund and just like give everybody their money back?" Um, uh, and so, except the the one thing we had, uh, we have an individual sponsor um, option on that we that we sell through the registration. So, we um, we just instantly refunded all of the tickets because you know at that point we had no idea how we were going to conduct the virtual event. We had no idea what technology we were using. We had no idea like how we would be able to charge people if we were doing this virtually. And so we we're just like. Look, we, you know, we've got some sponsors sticking around. We, we've got enough to keep the lights on. Um, everybody in the world has enough things to worry about right now, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna give it all back. Wow! So you didn't even you did you did not even give folks the option. You basically just said everybody's getting their money back because um, yeah. your your event is lucky enough to be in a position to be able to afford that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we are we I, like I said the the. Our venue, so DePaul University is is currently our venue. Um, the way our contract was structured with them is is very flexible and and very forgiving. So so yeah, we were very privileged to be in a place where where we could do that. Yeah, that's a big deal. That is a you know having the venue and the food contracts um, in such a way that you could just walk away is. That's amazing. Right. I mean, there I forget what the exact details were, but I think as long as we gave them like a couple days notice 
uh, it was basically a full refund. And I think we're, I think what we've done is we've, um, we had a deposit paid, um, like half of the venue uh, we, we pay in advance. Um, so we just push that on to next year. Um, how about swag? Did you do you have like a, a like thirty eight thousand t shirts in your basement now? <laughs> well, I do have some t shirts in my basement, um, but uh, they're old t shirts. Uh, we've we've been having conversations the last couple of years about um, trying to do something other than t shirts. Oh, kind of you know what? If the... I I am so on board with that. I I would love that. I, I actually I'm gonna yeah. give a shout out to like Jersey Camp. Like New Jersey camp does a great job. Uh, yeah. I haven't been able to make it for the past couple of years, but you know, I've gotten like knit hats and scarves and I mean, mm-hmm. I'm done. You know, I love everyone's t-shirt. They're lovely, but I've been yeah. in the community for 13 years. Um, <laughs> it's almost comical. The yep. giant pile of t-shirts that I have in my closet. So my four-year-old really likes picking out my Drupal t-shirts uh, like from, from my, uh, from my drawer. Um, she's she she like knows about Drupal and she's like, Daddy, let me let me pick your Drupal shirt today because like my whole t-shirt drawer is Drupal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so yeah, uh, we've yeah we we started that last year. We did hats, um, we did like beanies because you know it's March in Chicago and it's, it's chilly. Um, but did but you yeah. have what, had swag already been paid for and delivered? No, so this year it was just one of those things that we were kind of leaving to the last minute, and we we had got a lot of quotes and we had talked about things, um, but you know, it, by the time we were making this decision, it was it was one of those things that we could just kind of say, okay, so so, so we did have one uh, like mini swag item that I'm really sad about. Um, Kimana, one of our organizers. Um, was 3D printing a whole bunch of little mid-camp coins because of the whole like St. Patrick's Day, um, you know, so we were gonna have this like bucket of gold coins for for people to take. Um, and I'm really sad that we that we didn't get to to give those out, but I'm hoping we will we will be able to use them. And Kimana Kimana did an amazing job uh, like fabricating those all herself. So in a way, procrastination about some of the swag actually was a positive. It was absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's definitely one one fewer box in my basement, which is which is nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go back to you. Did mention um, you know some of the technology for live captioning? I think you mentioned that you decided to standardize on Zoom or use Zoom for all of the sessions. Yeah. Um, was that a special Zoom account? Um, like what what size or how, how did that work? Yeah. Um, so we um, we again we're, we're, we we uh, I, I felt very privileged in a lot of things in the last couple of weeks, um, and so it's 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 been really nice to have lots of support and lots of people around. We had um, uh, an unnamed benefactor uh, who who's in higher ed. Um, who was able to provide us with some Zoom accounts, um, and uh, and so that made and 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 they have a lot of experience doing that already. Um, so that made that made that decision a lot easier. We were able to get a kind of pretty time tested technology for again uh, free. Uh, we, we've we've had these conversations since, and um, like we we're 
we're going to pay for Zooms ourselves and, uh, you know, step up and be adults next year. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was totally, um, it would have been totally worth it. So we ended up getting the room set up for 300 people. Um, Zoom, I think the Zoom tiers for the paid are like 100 is the standard and then you can upgrade to 300 people, 300 person rooms um, for, a, for not too much, um, especially since it's a monthly fee, like, you know, we would have been in, I think we calculated out, we would have been in four or 500 bucks for all the Zoom rooms that we needed this year, um, which is totally reasonable. Um, so yeah, we, we had some conversations, um, especially again, um, right around the time we were making the decision, everything in the world was up in the air and everybody was starting to shift to remote uh, working. And so we definitely had the conversation like, is Zoom going to work or is it just going to fall apart because everybody's going to be working from home and they're not going to be able to handle the load. Um, but I, luckily, uh, with with one exception, Zoom was rock solid. And, you know, I, I, again, I, I was I was saying some words on Twitter. It's like when this all ends, like I'm really, really interested to hear like Zoom story of how they scaled to to do this, it's going to be a really interesting like infrastructure uh, documentary, I think. Yeah, so I can give you, I mean, my experience, so I use Zoom for my online class, which is going on right now. Okay. And I record every class and they're, you know, the, the classes are three and a half hours long. There's some breaks in there. So each recording tends to be between two and a half and three hours long. Um, before the, you know, before all this coronavirus stuff, uh, class would end at 5 p.m. my time, and normally by and I would record to the cloud. I wasn't recording to yep. local. I would record to the cloud, and normally yep. by 7 7:30 p.m. the video would be ready for me to to do what I need, need to do with it. Yep. Um, once uh, everybody started working from home and things started you know um, ramping up here in the states, that time got later and later. To like, there was one class where it was like nine, nine thirty, you know, before I got the email, and then uh, last week, um, I, I'd go to bed and I still didn't have the email, and I was a little bit worried because I would check the the recordings mm -hmm. page on my Zoom account; it wouldn't even be listed there. I'm like, oh no, I hope it shows up, and it, you know, it showed up sometime in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. So I had a class yesterday. And I would go to like Zoom has a status page and they're telling you that, you know, there's huge demand and, and all that, which, you know, not unexpected. So I was talking to my class yesterday and I said, look, don't expect the video to be up until tomorrow morning. Just that's the way, you know, Zoom's under this huge load right now. And yeah, um, but I have faith that the video will be done because it's, you know, last week it got done. Um, class ended yesterday at five uh, by 630 p.m. I had the. I had the video. So wow. They have, they have, they have, I don't know what they're running on the back end or Google cloud or AWS or whatever, but whatever it is yeah. from my perspective, they have ramped way the heck up. Yeah. So, so zoom recordings now that you mention it are that they were one of the, the things that I was most stressed about. And, and that situation that you mentioned like yesterday is very different from the situation as it was last week. Yeah, no, like I said, last week I was waiting eight hours before it showed up in my inbox. So yeah, so so we did. Um, uh, I we the, the team worked really hard. We we did a bunch of documentation for our speakers and trying to just 
make sure we we helped them in every way with with um, figuring out you know how to pivot to to doing their sessions online. Uh, I did these um, speaker like Q and A sessions, so we had three sessions that we did with speakers. Um, in like Monday and Tuesday leading up to camp, talking about how we were going to conduct everything, how we were going to you know record it, and so until Tuesday night or Wednesday, I was planning on we were planning on going with cloud recordings. Um, I had recorded a couple of those sessions just to see you know just to test it out and see how it worked. And uh, the Monday session, um, so this was like Monday the sixteenth. The Monday session didn't come through until Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. Um, so it was like over, it was like almost 48 hours to get that first recording back. And so I think on, I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, I was like, we can't do this. I, you know, I don't have confidence in these cloud recordings and I don't know, you know, I, the, we, we, we had no information whatsoever as to when they were going to come you know, when they were going to get delivered, if they were just lost in the cloud forever. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, like on, I think on Wednesday evening, I did like an at channel and sent a big email to all of our speakers um, saying, our speakers, our organizers, our volunteers saying, we're canceling cloud recording, we're going to record everything locally. Um, and uh, yeah, and so so we basically had um, we had a, a two volunteers in each Zoom room. We we called them the like host and the room monitor. And and so the idea was we'll have the host, the room monitor, and the speaker. If we can get two out of those three people doing a local recording, we'll hopefully get one that you know gets uploaded and is good quality. Um, and so that was that was crazy. Um, it was it was a huge like change, and and folks ran with it really well. Um, but we, yeah, we were able to get 100% of those recordings. And you know, they're they're a lot more variable. One thing we found is when you record locally, Zoom records um, based on the screen, the the resolution of the screen and the the size of the window that you have open. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think we got any that were too tiny, but like if you keep Zoom open in a little tiny window off to the side of your monitor, you're going to get a, you know, whatever, 640 by 480 recording um, if you're recording locally. The, the way it actually works is I have a lot of experience with this because when I teach, I often show student screens as well as my own screen. Mm. So the resulting recording is the size of the largest screen shown during that recording right. session. Oh, so, interesting. So yeah. I've, you know, when I teach, I tend to share my 13 inch, you know, my laptop screen, even though I've got mm -hmm. it connected up to two big monitors. Yeah. Um, but then when I switch over to a student who's on like a 35 inch curved screen, <laughs> I, I know that, you know, now the recording is going to be that big it's rather than totally blown um, out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that, yeah, that, that was a big, that was a big challenge. Um, we heard so so we talked a lot with the folks at Nerd Summit. Um, so that's a that's a camp that's um, normally based in uh, the Northeast, um, and uh, they're they're kind of Drupal adjacent. They have a lot of um, a lot of other content, but um, 
there's some Drupal folks that, that are on the organizing team. So uh, we worked with Kelly uh, and Rick Hood up there and we're talking a lot with them. And so they we were sharing information, we were sharing docs. They wrote some really good docs to be in with. Uh, for speakers, we wrote some really good um, uh, some really good kind of announcements and, and COVID information. We, we were able to share a lot of that. But uh, so they they ran their event. Um, our event was Thursday, Friday. Their event was Friday, Saturday for sessions. Um, they went with cloud recordings and it sounded like they, um, they had success with that. So um, I think we were just right in that kind of really challenging period for the Zoom cloud recordings. Um, but it sounds like that that's mostly resolved now. So that's pretty great. Yeah, kudos to Zoom. I mean, I, you know, they, you know, they have been, you know, from all accounts successful in, you know, a adjusting to this new normal that we're, we're all experiencing. Yeah, it's been huge. Um, thank you. Thank you, Zoom. And, and when they have had issues, it's been pretty well reported. We had one room that had this like split brain issue. I don't know if you heard about this last week. Um, but so Zoom, you know, we have short links for each Zoom room. Um, and so it was a training session. They were coming back from break and uh, people were getting put into two different rooms. And so there were a number of trainees who were like, our trainer's not here, is everything okay? And our trainer when it was in um, a, a Zoom room that had the exact same ID, everything looked right but they were just like not all the people there. Um, and so- Yeah, they went off to the gamma yeah. quadrant somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were able to just like, we, we you know, we got on, on Slack and talked to everybody, just kind of booted everybody out of the room and came back, literally turned it off and on again. And, uh, and things things were okay. Um, but that was, you know, that was our one Zoom issue in, in two days of you know almost 50 sessions so. so just out of curiosity i know that the um you guys had a hallway track zoom room yeah mm -hmm. um and i joined that at the end of the event on friday and there was probably 80 or 90 people there. oh wow yeah what was the was that the most people that were in any of the rooms or were there like what, how high did you get yeah, so um, the opening session actually was the was the biggest room that we had, and I think that was around 130. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, and so that was super fun. Um, Dwayne, one of our organizers, um, he uh, I, I think it was his idea to just like unmute everybody at the same time um, before. So this was before the opening remarks. We were just kind of messing around, and I was. Of course, it was first thing in the morning. I was like trying to figure out sharing and get the slides up and everything. So we were just kind of working the room a little bit. Um, and Dwayne was like, let's unmute everybody at the same time. And since we have host privileges, there is actually an unmute all button. Uh, and so we unmuted everybody at the same time. We we're just like, talk like you would if you were in the car, you know, in a room <laughs> together. Uh, and it was, it was super fun. We had like a, a minute or two of just like mass pandemonium um that's amazing and, uh, it was yeah it was really really it was really great to have people connected like that and, and give give some opportunities for folks to to you know be with each other even virtually um the i was gonna say i was gonna ask you to tell me about um the virtual board game night yeah yeah so that was that was really neat um 
uh, we got um, John Nwagen, um who works at Pantheon. Um, he's he you know yeah he's the board game guy for Drupal land. Like he's at every DrupalCon with board games. Um, and uh, and so we normally have a have an in-person Drupal night, or uh, Drupal night, an in-person uh, board game night um, that's sponsored by Palantir. It's been a thing that they've done for a while, and it's 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 always a lot of fun. Um, but uh, you know, obviously that wasn't going to work out. Um, so we um, I forget how John came. I don't know if David Needham hooked us up with him or if he just kind of heard about it. Um, but John kind of showed up in Slack one day and was like, hey, can, do, do you guys need help with this whole thing? Um, and so Doug, who was, who was working on our socials, worked with John and, um, you know, we just kind of brainstormed some ideas and John had a, a bunch of websites. Um, and so uh, the, the, the thing to do for gamers is Discord. Um, so Discord is another social media service that's, um, it's it's focused around games and they've got a lot of kind of differences from slack um they've got like voice rooms that are free and they connect with some game streaming services um so john set up a discord we um we found a couple websites that do um online games so like you just sign up on the website and then you can play a board game on on the site um there are a number of free ones and there were some premium ones um the one of the sites that we were the, the site that we were starting with um actually went down like the night before game night uh again due to load issues um so they pivoted and and found another site that did um online board games um so there were there were a bunch of folks i think it was probably 30 people who were um who are in virtual board games. Um, Can you mention the site that where, where it worked and where it didn't go down? Give them a little bit of a... I am totally losing that. Um, I will I will send it to you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, we had, yeah, we, we had the board games going on. We had, um, uh we had like some people on xbox we had um people just kind of hanging out chatting on discord and uh we also just had some folks who um who just kind of hung out on discord and watched you know the games and um were able to socialize and that was was a lot of fun all right so let's start wrapping things up um hopefully you've had a what two three days to um decompress a little bit from uh, mid camp. So what yeah. worked? And I, I guess we can't, you know, we have to, I, I know obviously there's big things like find a venue that will not charge you if you have to bail three weeks from, I mean, that's, that stuff goes without saying, but the, the stuff yeah. that you had a little bit more control over, um, what worked, what didn't, what would you recommend for, you know, other Drupal event organizers who have an event coming up in the near future? Sure. Um, what worked? So, as we've talked about, Zoom worked. Um, you know, it's it, Zoom is great. Uh, that's that's it. Um, uh, the the organizers worked. People worked. Um, again, we you know we had a huge effort to make all of the pieces of this to come together. And um, in, in the past, we've struggled with kind of getting a, a solid 
organizing team more than you know a couple of weeks out for our event um we've had like a really small core group and and a number of people who've kind of been in and out but this year um we had 18 people who were in it for the whole time um and that was that was really great so so working really hard to kind of um bring people in early and and make sure that we're able to keep them connected um also just making sure that that we're able to get people credit um amy june has been super instrumental in, in helping push forward the community credit stuff so um everybody that helps with our event we're trying to make sure that they get credit on d.o and and um, get their name out there what didn't work or is it all rainbows and sunshine no, no. I mean, I, like I said, so the we had like three. I, I had identified like three issues on Thursday that that broke. Um, the first thing was there were a number of the Zoom configuration things that we didn't get right for the first session. Um, we, you know, uh, um, we've been working really hard. Um, a bunch of our team, Aaron and Bob and um, David, uh, we'd all been kind of working on testing Zoom stuff throughout the week, um, and we had it really solid. We just didn't quite um, get all of the settings set in all of the rooms at the right time. So I think that's a that's something that's really important. Um, I'm gonna work on getting all of those settings published um, somewhere so that we can share those. But um, things like making sure everybody can join the room before the host. Um, making sure the video and audio settings are set right, making sure captioning um, and recording settings are right. Uh, because if you do have to change any of those settings once people go into the room, um, anybody who they apply to will have to like leave the room and come back um, for those settings to, to take effect. So um, there was also a DNS issue with our, um, our host um, that was totally unrelated to any of the things. Um, our website's up on Amazie um, and they've been, they've been really great uh, and they've been super helpful with the hosting things. And um, uh, they had a, a little glitch on Thursday morning, like right during our opening remarks, which um, was challenging, but their support were super helpful. They came online and they were able to, to help us figure it out. Um, and like literally while I was presenting the opening slides, there were like all of our organizers in Slack were like trying to figure out how to, you know, make our, our Slack join link work because it was connected to the website through a URL shortening, whatever. Um, and then the last thing was that split Zoom, the, the split, brain, split brain Zoom rooms. Um, and that, you know, resolved itself. Um, yeah, but you and you didn't really have control over that. That was just yeah, a, right. know, a glitch, a glitch yeah. in the matrix. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think that was that. Those were those were the big things. I mean, the you know, the I, I think the one other thing. Um, again, it's just I. We've had an amazing team, and um, people have have been super supportive. Um, but we we have. Um, in throughout all of mid camp time we've had a number of um folks get burnt out um and uh and it's you know uh, every every time that happens it it's really frustrating for me and sad just because i i feel like um kind of letting those folks down and not doing enough to to make sure we're spreading the load so um you know i i'm we're, we've been working really hard, like I said, on, on getting more folks and getting um, 
getting, making sure that we have a good, um, good plans for kind of passing on uh, leadership. But, uh, but yeah, we, every, every time we have somebody kind of burn out, it's, it's really, it's really sad for me. So. So uh, let me ask you a softball question. Yeah. Um, how, what kind of reaction did you get from the community about the event? I think, I think we all know the answer based on what you're saying, but. Yeah, you know, <laughs> people were okay. No, uh, it's been phenomenal. Um, it's, it's been really, really great. Um, since, since the very first like news item post that we put out, um, JD, one of our organizers, um, he, he, uh, he's like, um, at, he worked on ambulances before. And so he had a lot of like healthcare experience. Um, he wrote some really good words uh, at the very, very beginning about COVID and about how we were going to deal with this. Um, that got taken up by a bunch of other Drupal events um, and folks around. Um, we got really great feedback from people in the community, community um, about you know making our decision early. And then the event, the event went off mostly without a hitch and people did their sessions and uh, we had lots of good conversations. Everything's been been really amazing. So, do you think that you've learned things from this pivot that might find their way back into an in person event? Definitely. I we you know, like I said, we we um, we always start planning the next year's mid camp at the the current year's camp. So we're we've been thinking about twenty twenty one already. Um, uh, being able to market Midcamp um, and really every event that we do as a global event is a huge um, is a huge win. And if we can share, you know, we've been doing the recordings for a long time, and that's great. But I think um, getting more people involved live is is um, would be even better. And so, yeah, we've been talking about ways that um, that we can kind of integrate what we did with an in person event, um, doing. A kind of hybrid event, which was one of the things we talked about originally, um, but just kind of nixed because it was way too much to think about. Um, and you know, and then eventually it, it ended up not being possible. But yeah, uh, I think if we can get live sessions out to the world and also be able to have speakers um, who don't have to you know travel across the world, um, those are those would both be big wins for us. You know, I mean the whole. The whole pitch for remote work is, uh, you know, you can have the whole world as your, as your, um, your talent pool, and we would love to have the whole world as our, as our speaker pool for Midcamp, um, and and you know our attendees. So, we're definitely, you know, I I I personally really miss seeing people in real life, and I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, but we're gonna do, we're gonna work really hard and and keep pushing this forward to to make next year. Um, good for folks, whether they are in person or not. Do you have a date for next year yet? <laughs> we I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, this is the first year that we haven't had next year's dates announced um, at, uh, at, in the closing remarks. Um, so, so Kevin, Kevin was working really hard with the venue to try and figure that out. Um, we will have them as soon as we can. Uh, we, we always plan on March. Um, so March, 2021 is, uh, is, is the goal. All righty. Well, Avi, thank you so much for your time. Please pass along my thanks to all the organizers. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of folks in the community feel the same way as I do that. Uh, it was a really great example of 
pivoting an event to being all online um, with what appears to be great success. So congrats to you and the rest of the team. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. And uh, we will try and uh, get as much of the documentation up. On, there'll be links on midcamp.org. All right. And we'll see you in 2021. Yes, indeed. Thanks. Be safe. MyDropWizard.com. If you have a Drupal 6, 7, or even a Drupal 8 site, and you do not want to be the person in charge of maintaining it, keeping modules up to date, keeping core up to date, and all that sort of thing, then you should talk to the folks at MyDropWizard.com. They offer basic maintenance plans for Drupal 6, 7, and 8, especially if you have a Drupal 7 site, you should be paying attention to this one. Um, Drupal 7 is going to be end of life pretty soon, and you want to make sure that, that site stays up and stays secure. That's what MyDropWizard.com can do for you. For a low monthly fee, they start at about $99. MyDropWizard.com will help keep your core, Drupal core, and uh, contributed modules up to date. They will help you keep the site online. They will answer support questions for core and popular contrib modules, and they will even perform basic one-off maintenance tasks. Things like fixing up a view or you know, making a CSS tweak or something like that. If you are in the position where you don't wanna to have to maintain your Drupal uh, 7 site anymore, then you should definitely give the folks at mydropwizard.com. All plans include a complimentary site audit, a 24-hour response time, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. So it's worth your time to check them out. Just go to mydropwizard.com. Welcome to the Change Notice. I'm Chris Weber. This is a recurring segment that focuses on the changes that are evolving the Drupal code repository. Each change has its own story, why it exists, how it's made, made by hardworking developers, developers like you. Today's recording was ideated during a power session with the UX team, who was refined to include targeted user stories with the business team was defined with actionable detail by the dev and project management team, was implemented by and tested by engineers, further tested by the QA team, and validated by the business team, all to deliver three things that may or may not have had a large impact, but I thought were kind of cool. Number one, Drupal 9 Beta 1 has been released. A thrilling milestone along the way of Drupal 9.0's eventual release, Drupal 9 Beta 1 is here. Drupal 9's first beta is meaningful because all alpha-level experimental modules have been removed from Drupal 8.9 and 9.0 codebases so that their development can continue in 9.1. All future Drupal 9 code commits will need to follow the official beta allowed changes policy, which shifts developmental focus on refined features already committed instead of adding new ones. New work can now be targeted at Drupal 9.1 so that the drop can continue moving. And most importantly, establishes that Drupal 9 is now API and feature complete 
developers can move ahead with testing their sites with the beta and have trust that everything is pretty much ready for your most extensive testing. Number two, .info YAML files no longer need to use the core 9.x setting in order to work for Drupal 9. Throughout the D8 era, we needed to define that a module was intended to be used for Drupal 8 by defining a core key in the .info.yaml file that every module was required to have. In August of last year, the more explicit core version requirement key was introduced to allow module creators to be able to have that module work for both Drupal 9 and Drupal 8. The move to this new key is now complete, and you should no longer be using the core key for Drupal 9 modules. And number three, Drupal core themes no longer extend stable. We're well on our way to future Drupal 9 related theme enhancements as all of Drupal's core themes no longer extend the stable theme. Previously, they were made to not extend classy, and now a future step was made to not extend the stable theme. The change notice includes this important notice. Bartik, Claro, Seven, and Umami are part of the product rather than the API and therefore it is not officially supported to extend them. These themes can change as a part of a minor release and cause regressions to any themes extending them. However, if you maintain a theme that is extending Bartik, Claro, Seven, or Umami, and you are using libraries extend or override to make changes to libraries in classy or stable, you will have to move these libraries to target another library from one of these themes or from Drupal core modules. Any templates extending classy or stable will also have to be modified to target either template from the theme you are extending or from Drupal core modules. So those were the three things. And now, time for shoutouts. Shout out to the Midcamp organizers for a very cool virtual game night, along with their virtual camp. Shout out to Mark Thomas for being an excellent collaborator and tutor. Shout out to Danita Bowman, who is not only a hardworking Drupal contractor, but also a solid Quiz Bowl partner. This has been the Change Notice. If you have feedback, please include it in the comments below. We can make this better next time. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to the Drupal Easy Podcast. If you are interested in learning DDEV, I'm actually teaching a live online two-hour professional local development with DDEV workshop on Tuesday, April 7th, you can go to drupaleasy.com slash ddev for more information about that. And as always, I want to thank my sponsor, MyDropWizard. You just heard a 
little bit about them a few minutes ago. And finally, if you like the podcast and you're not a subscriber, by all means, subscribe. Go to iTunes, Google Play, Miro, Stitcher, blah, 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 and hit the subscribe button. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for now. And everybody, I hope you are staying healthy and washing your hands and keeping six feet away from everybody and doing what you can do to help us get through this difficult slash weird slash scary slash anxious time that we're all experiencing. And I think I'll leave it at that. We'll see you on the next Drupal Easy Podcast.